such a wonderful, wonderful Savior. While you're standing for just a moment, if you want to turn to Luke chapter 24, verses 28 through 32, we're going to come in on the second half of a, a story after Jesus has resurrected from the dead. And in verse 28, it says, And they drew nigh unto the village, whither they went. There's two disciples that he had, Jesus had caught up with walking. He, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it's toward the evening. The day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. It came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread, blessed it, break it, and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures? And I want to just teach for a little bit on, on a thought here, but Jesus made a statement to them when he caught up with them. He said, he said What are you guys talking about as you walk and are sad? So I want to talk about as we walk, as you walk today. Let's pray for the lesson. Lord, thank you for your word. Let us hear what the Spirit would say. God, let it be good seed and let it find good ground in our heart. And Lord, we're going to praise you that it will challenge us and change us and make us better. We ask you to bless all that's done now in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. If you would give him one more hand clap of praise before you're seated this morning. He's a great God. He's a great God. Thank you for being in Sunday school this morning. You can be seated. God bless you. As you walk, if I had a, another subtitle for this, it would be aware of his presence. And uh, there's a question that uh, maybe we can keep in our mind as we're going through the lesson today. How aware? Are you of the presence of God in your life? How aware are we of the presence of God in our life? Is he there, but you rarely sense him? You know, Job had a lot going on in his life, and we, we see him, you know, making a statement in Job 23, I believe this, where he said, you know, I've looked everywhere and I can't even see God. I, I've looked on the left, the right, in front of me, behind me. I can't perceive him. And you would think that that meant Job did not realize that God was there. But the next statement is how we realize that even when Job maybe could not perceive him or see what he was doing, he still knew, but he knows the way that I take. And so he, he even though... He did not see what God was doing. He was aware that God was there because God knows what I'm doing. So how aware are we of the presence of God in our life? And is he there, but we rarely sense him? And if that's the case, what is dulling our senses to the Spirit? What's keeping us from feeling in that unction that we get from him, you know, uh, often we'll, we complain that God's he's just too hard to find and he's hiding himself, but that's not true. Paul said in Acts 17, 27 and 28, after he, had, he was preaching to him and he said, you know, God has made uh, 
of all nations, one blood. He's, he's, and then he said, this is a purpose that we have, that we should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. And then he said, for in him we live, we move, and we have our being. So our daily life consists because of him, and it also consists with him being a part of it. It's where in Him we live. Our life is hid in Christ, the Scripture says. So it's not a question uh, if He is there. The question is, are we aware? As we're walking with God, are we aware that He's here? The Bible says we have a treasure, this treasure, this Spirit of God in this earthen vessel. Do we realize that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost, that He's here, but more than even just dwelling inside of us, that we see everywhere uh, what He's doing in our life. Do you see His fingerprints on what's going on in your life? Or is He there, but we just can't sense Him anymore? Do, are we so caught up that uh, something is dulling our, our ability to realize that, hey, God has never left me and he will never forsake me. Do we still believe that uh, he's always going to be right there? Because if you, if you miss him, you miss the blessings. You know, it's, it's hard to, it's easy to quote and say he loads me daily with benefits, but you think maybe he missed his delivery for me today. When we, we get uh, things caught up with us in this world, sometimes we feel like God missed us today. You know, I, I, I hate to be missed on a delivery or a pickup or anything like that. I, you know, I have garbage service at the house. And nothing aggravates me more than to set a full can out there at the road and they miss me. I go up to get the trash can and it's still full. And they did that one time, so we'll be back tomorrow. Well, they didn't. Well, we'll be back the next day and they didn't. I had to wait a whole week for them to come back on the next re return trip to pick that up. And so it was an inconvenience. I didn't like that. Sometimes we feel like God's missed us, but God has not missed us. You know, and I want to tell you a pretty neat story here that I read about. The, it's called The Fiddler at La Enfant Plaza. La Enfant Plaza. When he's some of these French-speaking people, Brother Kay. Uh, but that's in Washington. And the Washington Post, they did a, a little experiment. And on Friday, January the 12th, 2007, just before, it was like 7.50 in the morning, just before rush hour would start on uh, the trains, and, and um, they had a young man come out. He had on blue jeans, a T-shirt, ball cap, walks out. He's got a, a violin case. He opens it up, sets it down, throws in a few dollars to, for seed money, you know, to get people dropping stuff in, and he begins to play. And for 43 minutes, he played six different classical pieces. Now, that's nothing unusual to see, you know, street performers in a big city like that have a, a hat or a bucket. I mean, even in Athens, we got people beating on buckets, playing guitars, everything, you know, wanting you to throw a little money in. Uh, the difference here was this guy was former child prod prodigy Joshua Bell. He was playing a $3.5 million Stradivarius violin, 
And during that 43 minutes, they had someone there also that was back, but he was keeping count. 1,097 people walked past him. Three days earlier, he played a packed house at the Boston Symphony Hall. Two weeks later, he would play another concert with standing room only. His skill would get him up to $1,000 a minute when he played. Could you imagine? He, he puts on a 60-minute concert, $60,000 for an hour's work. So he should have made $43,000 that day. But instead, at the final total, he had $32.17. Only several people stopped for longer than 60 seconds, and only one person out of nearly 1,100 people recognized who he was. People missed for free what other people were paying hundreds and hundreds of dollars to sit and listen and see and hear. Oh, you know, the Bible tells us that angels desire to look into the things that we have seen and heard. And so I wonder sometimes if, if uh, we're not missing Jesus like people were missing this fiddler, this prodigy, this uh, guy who, who plays for $1,000 a minute that they realize, man, I could have stood there for these 43 minutes for free if I wanted to, not even put anything in, just stand there and listen to a, a master at his work, and I missed him because I was so focused on where I've got to go. I was so caught up in what was going on in my mind that I, I didn't recognize that. And let me tell you, somebody playing like that, if you've ever heard somebody that can play like that, it's mesmerizing. It, he ain't a hack. He, he, ain't, he ain't whooping on a fiddle. He ain't, uh, you know, this is not some, somebody uh, just amateur hour at Washington Station. No, no, this, this right here is a master in his craft. And everybody doesn't get to hear that. And they missed it. They were not aware as they walked to their destination that a master was in their presence. And they could have heard something that would have just you know, blessed them. Even if you're not even big on classical music, just to watch someone of that intensity and that talent play, it's, it's incredible. It's amazing to watch them do what they do. And they missed it. And that's the thing about uh, walking with God. It is a, uh, it's a daily thing. And it's about having a heightened awareness every day Every day of this powerful, beautiful presence of God in our life. We, you know, daily we pray, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. But do you think he's like sending a special delivery? No, he brings it himself. It comes with his presence. It comes in times of prayer. It comes in times of worship, in times of praise. It, it comes to us when we're uh, you know, just driving down the road. It, it happens while we're at school. We, but do we recognize, are we so caught up in where we are that we don't even recognize the presence of God in our life? I don't want to miss him. I want to make sure I recognize him and, and understand. I want to be aware of the presence of God in my life. But as, as they did in Scripture and as we do as people, we have this tendency to tune out the divine. 
We don't hear. That's why Jesus would often say, let the, he that has an ear, let him hear. Hear what the Spirit's saying. But, you know, oftentimes it's not even that we're listening to something bad that's got us missing it. It's because we're infected with a destination virus. Uh -oh. <laughs> we, it's like we, we're, we're so focused on where we're going, what we've got to do. It's a, it's a curse that, that plagues us. That we're, you know, and that's what was going on with these two guys that were walking down the road to Emmaus. They were so caught up in the events of the last three days and, and the things that had happened. And even when Jesus first walked up, they said, man, are you just a stranger here? You don't have any idea what's going on. And they, they're just talking about all the things that were happening and we've got to get to where we're going. And it, when it says that Jesus drew near, it said Jesus himself drew near. It's like it makes that distinction. He didn't send an angel to, to say anything to him. Jesus himself drew near to them, and they missed him. They missed him. And that's it. We are often too preoccupied to recognize his presence. We are preoccupied with what we're struggling with. We're preoccupied with what we're going through. We're preoccupied with the job we've got to get done, the things that are coming next week, next month. You know, I'm all for planning. I'm not a good planner, but I'm all for it. Uh, my wife will tell you, I, it's, I, I do buy a planner every year now. Sometimes I put things in it, sometimes I don't. It's, but uh, that's just how it is. But I'm all for planning. But, but man, we uh, can plan the Lord right out of our life. We can be so preoccupied with, with checking off the list that we miss those incredible times with Him. That we don't recognize that unction of the Holy Ghost anymore, that little nudge in the spirit that says, hey, talk to me, pray with me, you know, let's, let's worship a while. We just miss uh, these little things because we're so destination focused. Even, friend, let me tell you, you can be so focused on trying to get to heaven that you forget you serve the Lord. That's, it, it, we can, you know, we can do that and we can be so focused on the things we're trying to accomplish in serving him that we forget about him. It, it, it happened all the time. In John 1, 10 and 11, this is such a sad, two sad statements. He was in the world. The world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came to his own and his own received him not. How sad that the creator came to his creation and they didn't know him. They had no idea who he was. And it was because after 400 years of silence and no open vision, they had gone about to create their own vision. And they were so uh, wrapped up in their own traditions and religions and self-righteousness that they had created that they could not even recognize when the Savior showed up. And Jesus wept over them. He said, if you had known at least in this thy day, if you had just known the things that belong to your peace, he said, but, but you didn't. He said, you didn't recognize the time of your visitation. You didn't realize when I was here, and so you missed. For three and a half years, he walked openly, miracles, signs, wonders, preaching, doing these things, and instead of, here he is, let's kill him. Let's get rid of him. Even in his, home, his hometown, where does this guy think he's coming from? Man, we know him. We watched him grow up, and he's going to come here like he's preaching and doing miracles and signs. And he couldn't heal but just a few people in his own hometown because nobody would 
recognize, they didn't understand, they were not aware of what was before them. When you're aware of something, it's, 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 you, you have knowledge or perception of a situation or a fact, and they had no perception, no knowledge of what was right before them. It happened over and over in the Scripture, and if we're not careful, it happens in our lives, walking with Him. In Luke 10, 41 and 42, uh, Jesus speaks to Martha. He said, we know the story. Martha, Martha, you are careful and troubled about so many things. But one thing, this one thing is needful. He's doing all kinds of things. He said, you're troubled about many things, but there's one thing needful. You're trying to make this the best. What it, Jesus had went to the house of Mary and Martha Lazarus. He loved that family. He was there that day. And so Martha is all over the place trying to make sure this is the best house party ever. Everybody's eating. Everybody's having a good time. Everybody's got what they need. She's running back and forth. and she's, she's, She knows she invited Jesus there. She didn't just do this on a whim and say, hey, let's have a house party today. No, she knew that Jesus was there, but instead of stopping and taking time with him, she was trying to make sure everybody else was okay but Jesus said, you're doing all this stuff, but there's only one thing that's needful. You know what, what Martha should have done? She should have got a little jug of water and set it out. She should have got a couple of loaves of bread and a couple of fish and said, Jesus will take care of the rest. I mean, that's what he did. But she's like, I've got to make this the best thing ever. And the Lord's there. And only Mary decides to, to sit down and, he said, Mary chose that good part, and it won't be taken away from her. But she recognized that, hey, yeah, you know, maybe Martha thought, whoo, everybody's going to be talking about this for weeks and weeks. But all Mary wanted was, Lord, what do you want to say to me? What will make me better? How can I learn from you? And, and all Martha wanted to do was say, Lord, make this party good. Make her get up and, and serve people and do things. And, and he's like, Oh, there's one thing needful, and she found it, and I'm not going to take it away from her. And, uh, and Martha learned a hard lesson that day, but that's the way. Martha was busy serving. Mary was at his feet. Martha's exhausted. She's complaining, and Mary's refreshed and learning and growing and being blessed. There is no service that is as important as his presence. You hear what I'm saying? We just got through with our regeneration conference and we plan for it and we do things and I believe that things should be done with excellence. That's fine. But we cannot be so preoccupied uh, with make sure the lights are right or the air temperature is right or everything that we just miss him. That we, that we yeah, we, we had everything looking good. We had a good place to take photos. We had food afterwards, all these things and but nobody got spoken to, nobody got changed, nobody got healed, nobody got delivered, nobody was refreshed because, hey, guess what? And it wasn't because he wasn't there, because we didn't acknowledge it. We were not aware of it. And a service without his presence is nothing more than a show. That's all it is. It's just a show. And so I don't want to be so uh, caught up and preoccupied with, with making everything look right that that's all it does. It looks right but it don't change nothing. It don't change anybody. I want to recognize and be aware every day. His mercy is new every morning. 
The Bible says his mercy is new every morning. I want to know that when I start every day, it's because of him and that he's there. And I want to seek him early and, and spend time with him and read in his word and, and acknowledge him and, and see what he would say to me instead of jumping right up. Oh, I got to get ready. I got to get to work. I got to go. I got to get this. I got to get this. You know, you know how we're creatures of habit. That's, that's what people are. And unfortunately, habits take over our everyday life. In, in habits, there are three things that happen. There's a cue, which is like a trigger. Then there is a routine, and then there's a reward. And once we realize that, hey, when this happens, I do this, and then I get this, then it happens over cue, routine, reward. Cue, routine, reward. And, and that's what we start living our life. Over 40% of what we do every day is not even a conscious decision. It's habit. It's just what we do because that's what we do it, We don't even, without thinking about it. You think about how many things you do without even really thinking about it. It's just what you do. How many things at the same time every day do you do? When you wake up in the morning, do you pick your phone up? You know, it's just not because it's a habit. It's what you do. And, and unfortunately, even our walk with God can become a mindless habit if that's all it is. Oh, I, I got to get it. I got to, you know, I, I, I love reading the bread chart. I do it every year just because I like to read through the scripture. But if it's just about, well, I got to check off these little boxes on this piece of paper, <laughs> you know, make sure. I, uh, but, but when you read it, did you get anything out of it? Do you read any other time besides that? Or is uh, the bread chart the only time you read the Bible? Just asking, just saying, just time for us to examine ourselves. You know, is the only time we pray, is it at, over a meal or when we're at church is, or, or, or do we pray at other times? Is it, have, have we just watered our walk down with God to nothing more than a routine, a mindless habit that because this is just what we do or do we value that relationship with him? You think, well, you know, people can can get into such habits and routines and preoccupation that a relationship suffers. You can be so career-driven. You know, just think, for an example, you're married, you've got kids, and boy, when you're working on that career, you're going to make that first million or whatever it is you know, you're trying to get to and you're doing it, and you spend all your time bringing home the bacon. And your kids... You miss their first words. You miss their first steps. You miss their first games. You miss all these things that they do. You, you become disconnected with your spouse. And, and then finally one day you've got that bank just like you want it, but you got nothing else. You come home every day, but you don't recognize what's right there before you. You're so preoccupied. You're so worried, so stressed out about everything else that you don't even recognize what a blessing God has given you in your life with that wife and those children. And, and now they don't even know you and you don't know them. And it happens in the walk with God. People come in, they, they get in here and then they get, and it, hey, sometimes they, they, they stay right here in missing. Missing right here in the house because they, they're trying so hard to make something happen instead of just coming in to worship the Lord. I want to enter his gates with thanksgiving. I want to enter into his courts with praise. And I'm going to worship him because he inhabits the praises of his people. I'm going to do the thing and just come in and be in a relationship with him and then let him do. 
can be running around grabbing everybody. Come on, you got to pray. You got to pray. You got to pray. I'll be like Martha trying to serve everybody. We need to be like Mary and every one of us come in and say, I'll just come here to hear what God's got to say today. <laughs> I come in, you know, I've invited them in. Now I want to hear what he's got to say. And we, we do that. We welcome his presence every time we come in because we're two or more gathered in his name. He's there. But then I'm like, Jesus, go stand over there in the corner. We'll take care of everything, okay? Watch how good we do today, Lord. Uh, <laughs> instead of saying, uh, we're going to watch how good you do today, Lord. Yeah, let's see how good you do. Let's, uh, you go ahead and, and do what we need. You know what we need. These two men walking, they were so grief-stricken and dejected that uh, as Jesus himself drew near, they didn't recognize him. And it says that you know, their, their eyes you know, were fixed so they couldn't behold him. And, but it doesn't say that God did that. I mean, there's an argument there that the Lord hid himself, but it doesn't say he hid himself. That, you know, their eyes were holding so they couldn't recognize him, but was it what they were going through, their preoccupation with what had just happened? That they just, it was so painful, it was so awful, it was so real that there's no way this is Jesus. Maybe they even thought he favors Jesus. But... He died. We watched it. We saw it. And they're so consumed in that. And we, and on their death, we got to get to where we're going. That he's walking and talking and telling them things. And, and he spoke to them. And they made the statement, did not our heart burn within us while he opened up the scripture? And all this was going on. Whoo, I don't want to ever get to where I feel that. And then keep walking. He said, we were with him, man, just like a fire inside. And we just kept on, They're <laughs> so caught up in what they're going through. So eat up with everything that's happening. It's, just, it's the end of the world for us. We're hopeless. It's, you know, we, we had hoped he was going to do this and do that. And he's standing right beside you. He's walking with you. We, we just thought he was going to do this. He hadn't left you. He's right here. He's still here, right, doing exactly what he said. He, he got up just like he said he would. He's, he's right there, but you're so tore up over it that you can't even recognize that is him. And I know that grief is real. I know trouble is real. Trials are real. Work, school, that's real. Family, that's, all that stuff, that's real. But I don't want to be so preoccupied and caught up in the, any of that that I would miss him. Hello. Not taking away from anything the validity or reality of anything that anybody goes through. We go through real, terrible, awful things in this life. But none of that should take our focus off of him. Because how will we make it through without him? I, I, I don't want to miss him. I don't want to be unaware. And that's what was wrong with them. They had that destination virus going on and it was stopping them from recognizing him. I don't want to be like that. I want to recognize him. You know, what, what I love about it too is that Jesus showed up while they were sad. 
Oh, I'm just going through this all by myself. No, you're not. Jesus healed a man, and the Jews threw him out of the temple, so they cast him out. When Jesus knew he'd been cast out, he went and found him. He's not going to leave you and forsake you. And it said, he said, you know, what manner of communication is this that while you walk, you're sad? He knew they were sad. So, you know, you know why show up when they're sad? Why, why did they even show up to them two guys at all? Why didn't I just go on and go to, to the 11 that were waiting in a room somewhere? Why didn't you go and just talk to them? Why, why show up to them? Because he doesn't want you staying in that rut. Hello? You can get yourself in a rut. Just woe is me, woe is me, woe is me. But God wants to get us out of that rut. And God has a habit of breaking in on our ruts. He'll show up on our ruts. In Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, uh, the prophet wrote here, he said, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting up on the throne, high lifted up, his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had wings, six wings. Twain he covered his face. Twain he covered his feet. With twain he did fly. One cried unto another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Here's God breaking in on Isaiah's grief. A big deal when a king dies. And King Uzziah was dead. In that same year, while things are going on and just life is happening, boom, the Lord drops in and says, let me show you something. You can't let sadness or grief or things that are happening or going on in your life stop you from missing the Lord. You can still see the Lord in the midst of tragedy. The Bible says he has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. Uh, in the midst of trouble, he said, you will revive me. You know, so all these times that we find ourselves in, in places that we think there's no way God is here, yet he is. He's in the den of lions. He's in a fiery furnace. He's in the places that we think we'll never see him, but he's there. I don't want to miss him. And so we, that's what he, he's like. Let me show you some things. He saw the Lord high and lifted up. He heard uh, these seraphims singing and crying out, holy, holy. He saw things that were just too wonderful for it to even utter, but he saw it because God broke in on him and, and said, let me show you. And that's the thing. We, we, we've got to be ready. when We recognize him when he shows up. Think about those guys out casting their nets one day, just an ordinary day. Follow me. No. <laughs> Who are you? But their whole life changed because they recognized this was somebody. And then they, they realized this is the one we've been looking for. This is him. This is, and they, they dropped their nets, left their families, and followed him. They recognized. They were aware of his presence, and they followed him. It was a divine interruption in their daily life, but their whole lives were changed because they followed him. We've got to be ready, not just for the rapture, sure, We've got to be ready for the rapture. But while we're living here, we've got to be ready for whatever it is that God is trying to do in our life. You've got to be ready for those divine appointments. We, we live in a heightened anticipation every day because we just don't know what God might do, who God might put in your path, 
what blessing God might just let for, what door he might open, a door he might close. But whatever it is, we've got to be looking for the Lord. What's next, Lord? What are you going to do next? I want to know. I want to be a part of it. I don't want to miss what he's trying to do for me. I don't want to miss what he's got for me because of outside circumstances giving me tunnel vision where I can't hear him or feel him or see him. You know, in 1 Kings, Elijah, he wipes out 450 false prophets. And then Jezebel says, I'm going to do the same thing to you. And so Elijah takes off running, hides, gets in a cave. And he, while he's in the cave, here comes a, a big wind, breaking rocks, cracking things down. Earthquake comes and says, and none of these things, God wasn't in any of those things. And then here comes the fire, and God wasn't in the fire. And so he's got storms and earthquakes and fire and trouble. And then at the end of all of that, he heard a voice, a still, small voice of the Lord. And he recognized it was the Lord. And he said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Why are you here? What are you doing? And he began to talk to him. And, and, and that's, we've got to be ready uh, because Elijah's fear was real. He said, she's going to kill me. I'm out of here. The wind was real. The earthquake was real. The fire was real. All the things he went through, we all go through difficult times, but, but Elijah did not miss God's voice because he still knew, I serve the Lord God. And so sometimes we go through difficult times and, and, and we may feel like hiding out, but, but it's, that's why God comes in. Let me drive you out of this, crate, this cave so it don't become a tomb. You can stay here and die, or you can listen to my voice and come out of here. And so if it was the voice of the enemy got him in a place like that, it was the voice of the Lord that could get him out. And it got him out. So we've got to be listening, recognizing that God is trying to, every day, be aware. It's, it's, listen, when you serve him, there's just no, oh, didn't much happen today. Oh, boy. Yeah, it did. I wonder how many times we say that and we actually missed something that God was trying to do. You know, I just didn't have anything happen today. I wonder, did we miss something that God was trying to say to us or someone he wanted us to talk to or somewhere he wanted us to go or something he wanted us to do? Did we miss it? You know, our two travelers, they do finally recognize Jesus. After they get to their, where they're going to stay, they get to there, and Jesus says, I'm, I'm just going to keep going. And, oh, come on in. Come, come on now. We're, 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 we're exhausted. We have whined and complained the whole way, cried, grief-stricken, tore up. So let's just sit down. They sit down. They're resting. They're ready to eat. Jesus takes the bread. He, he breaks it. He blesses it. And immediately they know who he is. And as soon as they recognize it, whew, he's gone. That's terrible. How much time have I spent in his presence and not realized it? I, wanna, I don't know what that, I wish I knew. I'm sure somebody does know. Some, some good Bible scholar probably does know how many miles it was from where they were walking to where they were going, how long that trip would have took. And I wonder how they thought back. All this time, we could have been Asking him and talking to him. And all this time we could have, ah, uh, and we just, and then as soon as we realized it was him, it's gone. I do not want to 
recognize it and have a moment. I don't want to, that's the Lord. Oh, where'd he go? I don't want to miss him. I want to be aware of his presence. Now, they saw him again because they got right up then and went and told him, hey, the Lord has appeared to Simon and we just saw him and, and all of a sudden, boom, he showed up in the room. And so they did see him again and that's fortunate for them. But all oh, the wasted time, time that we had with him and we didn't realize it. They realized, oh, we walked so long and didn't even recognize him. I don't want to do that. Let's stand together this morning. I'm uh, finishing up pretty quick today, but um, there's no doubt. Man, we, 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 you know, the Bible says our life is a vapor, and it appears for a little while. I was talking about this last, I think, Wednesday night maybe. That our, our life is in the appearing. For whatever length of time that is, that's, that's our life. That's what we've got. And so I know that we're trying to fit so many things in. I mean, as a young person, you're growing up, and when you get out on your own, you're, uh, you know, we got people in here, school, jobs, careers, you know, relationships, all the things you're trying to get done, ministries, and, you know, how do I fit it all in? And, and it's almost a panic that I won't be found being about my father's business. But sometimes I think we that we think we've taken over the family business. We're, he's never retiring. It'll always be his business. I'll always be an employee. That's it. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be working for him. And so I don't I don't want to get so wrapped up and caught up because all these things that we can have, God's okay with as long as it don't take the place of him. He doesn't care that you have a good job as long as it don't take the place of him. He doesn't care that you have a great relationship as a husband or a wife as long as it doesn't take the place of him. He doesn't care that you have ministry as long as it doesn't take the place of him. No, yeah, don't let what's supposed to be about him be about us. I don't want to miss his presence. I don't want to miss him. The prophet Jeremiah said this, Jeremiah 29 and 13. We know 29 and 11. We love that one. Oh, I'm, I'm so glad God's got plans for me. But the Lord said, well, here's your part, dude. And you shall seek me. But you'll also find me when you search for me with all of your heart. That's how, that's how we never miss his presence when we give him all our heart. Don't give your heart to another. Don't even, I know sometimes we say it, but we don't really mean it like we say it. When we tell our sweetheart, you got all my heart. Can't have all my heart because I got to love him with all my heart. And you won't ever be able to love that significant other like you should anyway unless you love him first. And so when we love him with all of our hearts, we can love everybody else the way we're supposed to. But what I'm trying to say is this, is that when, when it's with a whole heart, a wholehearted effort, the Lord said, you'll never miss me. 
You'll find me every time when it's wholehearted. But when your heart is here, there, and everywhere else, and I'm only getting this tiny little piece, you miss me on a daily basis. So let's don't get so preoccupied and let's don't get that, let's, let's get rid of that virus. We've had enough of viruses. We've had enough since uh, 2020. We've had enough of viruses. So let's eradicate the destination virus so that we can recognize the presence of the Lord. Amen? Let's lift our hands and pray together. Lord, we love you this morning, and we surely don't want to miss you. We're thankful, God, that where two or more gathered in your name, you're here in the midst. But, Lord, we want to recognize it when you're here. Help us to be mindful of you, God, to serve you daily, to worship you and live for you. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you. Keep us now in the fear of you in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. What a great God. What a great God. All right, let's find a place to pray before the next service and get ready for God to do some great things. Amen.